Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, sports fans. Coach Nick here, and welcome to the P-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast slash dance party with Jared Weiss, who is clearly uh, maybe doesn't even have to be that close to the bar, or maybe someone's opening the door when the bar uh, when, you, when the music gets loud. But right now it's perfect. How you, how's your night going so far, Jared? It's so good. I'm at my friend Quee's birthday party. Shout out, Quee. I'm right. at the Tiki Rock in downtown Boston. So if there's anybody in the area, come by. There's actually a bunch of chairs there. You can come watch us do the live show in person. Yeah, we don't like to give shout outs unless they're sponsors, but for this one, we'll, get, we'll make an exception. So you'll see. Well, I bought him a drink, so it's kind of like a reverse sponsorship kind of situation. All right. Now, did you say your friend's name was Squee? Are you like some sort of Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> person? It's Quee. His oh, name okay. is Gar- Garland Quee, is his full name. Oh, okay. Well, he sounds like he went to school with Brett Kavanaugh. Nonetheless. Let's get into it. We have Game 3 of the uh, Blazers versus the Warriors. Same outcome as the first two games. Uh, immediate reaction, Jared. What did you think watching it in the bar? Uh, the Myers Leonard experiment failed. I was so excited. It was such a bold move, and it was working so damn well for the first, what, two and a half quarters of this game. Yeah. And then credit to Golden State. Golden State in the third quarter is by far the greatest team in NBA history. And they blitzed the crap out of the ball, forced the ball into Leonard's hands, Forced him to try to make a play at the free throw line, and he was struggling. I mean, he had some great plays early on, don't get me wrong, but that lead slipped away really fast when Golden State put the ball in his hands. He missed a couple bunnies, just made a couple bad decisions. You know, wasn't patient enough to just kind of try to reset and get the ball back to McCollum or Lillard or whoever it was. Um, I was disappointed they didn't show more patience there. I'm disappointed that Terry Sox didn't call a timeout as soon as he saw how Golden State was defending it, because I think they lost, like, Four possessions in a row that Golden State scored off of, where if they had called a timeout early on, they could have made a sub, put Zach Collins back out there, yeah. try to survive that. Yeah, I, I think that clearly the I, uh, kudos to the Warriors for sticking to their game plan all series long, which was to, to double-team Dane Lillard no matter what. And they were willing to give up those short rolls and those easy points uh, in exchange for wearing them down, and eventually they're going to crack. I think the problem they have is that you got Draymond and Iguodala back there, and they're like just playing a two-man zone when they, especially when you got Harkless and Aminu out there, which wasn't as much in the second half. But uh, they're able to just zone it up and really create a lot of havoc. So, uh, and I thought that Damian Lillard kind of got worn down. Now, the, one of the reasons why he got worn down was because he he started the game out fantastically on defense on Steph. I thought he was really active. He had a really great energy to try and get around those screens. And uh, that's, I guess that's the proof, right, Jared, that you really can't go 100% on both ends. Yeah, that's their issue is that they don't have a specialist to put on Steph, really. I guess Seth well, maybe could be the closest to it. Yeah. Like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm going to say, you know, Seth is becoming a kind of a Steph stopper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, Seth is good. Seth is pretty solid on him. He seems to know him pretty well. Um, but they don't have, like, that def- that perimeter defender, regardless of what the sizes they can put on him. Like, Clay and even Iguodala as well. Obviously, those guys are going to stay. It doesn't matter if they're 6'7". They can, still, they can still guard a point guard and shut them down. And Turner isn't quite able to do that. Although I think Turner's done a solid job working, kind of playing as a four against Draymond, 
he's done a decent job. But like, obviously, Draymond is winning that matchup. But Draymond is playing again the best of basketball of his career, which is absolutely insanely good basketball. But uh, Portland doesn't have an answer right now for Steph, and they don't have. They need to figure out who is going to be that short roll guy that can play make. Like, do you just go completely small and have Evan Turner be that guy? At least Evan Turner, you can trust him to put the ball on the floor in a situation to make a play. I think I feel like they just have to go as small as possible here to try to make the comeback, even though it's obviously an impossible long shot. Yeah, I think the other solution is to stop doing the pick and roll on top like they're doing. They What they have in their offense are pit pistol action, where they can set a pin down for Dame on the left side and then hand off to him so he's catching the full speed and turning the corner. Or just ISO more out on top and let him go to work one-on-one. So that was the weird thing was they continually felt like they needed to do this because they figured they were going to get the double and get a short roll. But it was like it's exactly what the Warriors want. They want the ball out of Damon CJ's hands. So it's frustrating to watch that non-adjustment there. And I don't see why CJ doesn't screen for Dame. Why not have that be a double team and then let the other guy short roll and then it's either Dame or CJ creating. It's right. Isn't that weird that we're not seeing that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's it's the play that you obviously can't double off of. Um, and to go back to your pistol point, the thing is, if you do that, then you have what Leonard or whoever it's going to be doing the handoff, kind of rolling from the sideline. Dre and Iggy can pick them up right there and then stop ball right there. At least if you're doing the middle pick and roll, Leonard at least has some room to move with the ball, has some maneuverability, and has multiple passing options. He can pass at either corner at that point. While if he's doing the short roll from the corner, he's completely trapped and has no escape valve. So I think that's probably why they're doing it. But again, they should just have all ball handlers on the floor. They should just be small as possible. I mean, I understand that they need bigs out there because we're seeing the rebounding battle has been really vital in this, in this series. And obviously, Golden State has been great at getting to the rim, doing high-low stuff. So you do need some length down there. But, I mean, at this point, I think length is less important than having viability across the board on perimeter actions. Yeah. it's And also strange, so it's that, they're not adjusting properly on offense. Uh, I still haven't seen the one uh, lineup that I really want to see, which is Hood, um, CJ, Dame, uh, Seth, and um, Collins. Ultra small, but it's, it's what you're talking about. All five guys can handle the ball a bit and create, and even Zach Collins can do that, and he can shoot a little bit. Um, I don't think I saw that. They got close with Evan Turner instead of uh, somebody, instead of Hood, maybe. Hood, Hood. Uh, yeah, but we're not it's – just, it's just weird that not, you know, at this point down 3-0, they might as well, they might as well really like, start the game that way because I don't, I don't understand why they're waiting at this point so long. Uh, now, that said, we, had, we can't ignore the first half. It was a perfect first half for the Portland Trailblazers. They had a 13-point lead, and they looked fantastic. Myers Leonard looked amazing right in that first half. So all of a sudden, we're second-guessing Terry Stotts. But you know what? He's put together game plans for two, um, two first halves. If they could put those two together, they'd have a win. Any chance you can move away from that music at all? It got really loud. Okay, I'll move away. I'm just going to go for a walk now. Okay, good. So... This a little anywhere else because it, it got loud all of a sudden. You guys are just gonna go for a walk through the city of Boston at this point. All right, yeah, take so, us with you. So now that we're on the move, um, yeah, I mean Leonard was hitting those shots right. So they needed, they wanted a five that can pick and pop, and they were getting that from him. And he was also, I felt, it seemed like he was somewhat comfortable as a post up option. And 
I think that's something that they want a little bit of, just because right now they're they're having so much trouble running the offense with CJ and Dame. So why not give them a little bit of a break and try to get like a post-up mismatch and go to that? So I think Leonard was able to do a little bit of that. But honestly, I mean, I know that Leonard was great in the first half, but I don't understand why Collins isn't getting the closing opportunities and why they're not trusting him more. I know he had a really rough game too, but he's proven throughout the playoffs to be the much better player. Yeah. Now, let's go through the, uh, the comments a little bit. It's Kenny D. Uh, says, Draymond Green is the most important player for Golden State after Curry, future Hall of Famer. Uh, we got to give a lot of props to Draymond. He controlled the game, I think, on both ends. Absolutely. I mean, this is, again, I feel like I said this last game, but this is one of his best offensive games ever. Yeah. And he was incredible. He was like game seven, 2016, the, un- like the absolutely forgotten game where, you know, LeBron was amazing and Cleveland won it. But, Draymond had one of the best games I've ever seen in my entire life in that game. Didn't he score like 35 or something like that for a guy who usually isn't really a scorer? I mean, he did everything in that game. And tonight, he was the one carrying the offensive load for the first three quarters, and he was making a play on the ball every single time on defense. Yeah, uh, a quick look at the oh at the box score, and it just went blank on me. Let me try reloading real quick because I want to give you some stats for him. Um, all right, I'll have to go somewhere else because the NBA is not working. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, listen, I got into a little bit of debate on Twitter before the game about, you know, Draymond had said he's the best defensive player of all time. And he's just quoting me from, like, two years ago when I was trying to say that. So, uh, however you, where you want to put him in the top four, right? Uh, and, and, I, and I get it with, like, Bill Russell and Yakin. The problem was those guys were never expected to play on the, on the perimeter. I'm sure they could have, and I'm sure they would have been great at it, but they just didn't do it. There's an absence of data for that one. So, we've seen Draymond do it. We've seen him quarterback the defense. Uh, even the little sound bites that you hear him in between the quarters when they cut to him, um, so, you know, he could be a great coach, it sounds like, because he really understands in a very clear and concise way how to communicate what he needs to do and what the things are. And I thought those were he's great at that. So he would be a great teammate to have, aside from the whole screaming at the refs and whatever. Um, it seems like he's the kind of energy you'd want, the ferociousness, and, the, and they'll, they'll never give up. You know, even when Jordan Bell missed a, a dunk, wide open dunk, nobody near him. You know, he had some nice words. He basically was like, you know what? Nobody is perfect. We've all missed those shots. Just keep playing, and we'll, you know, we'll be there. And then, of course, he gets another dunk attempt and just crams it down the, the, down the net's throat. So, uh, you know, really impressive there. And, um, you know, is, is there any hope? Is, does Portland even, you know, maybe get a game in, in game four? I, I thought that they were going to win tonight and then lose game four and then get game five before they went down. So I feel like at this point they still have that. They're going to have that one game where they're going to chip back in and they're going to pull it off. Um, but I think it's only going to happen if they go super small or they try that lineup that you're talking about. Otherwise, I just don't think it's good. They just can't sustain it the entire game. Yeah. So Mark Hare and the YouTube uh, comments asked, do the Blazers seem gassed by the third quarter? And I think, yeah, I think part of it is oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a mental thing, too, because when you compare the difficulty of shot between the Blazers and the Warriors all game long, even though the Warriors didn't hit that well, they, were, they didn't shoot that well in the first half, but, like, they're just easier shots. They're, I mean, listen, they're better. They have, like, better offensive players across the top. And it's just that their system works better for them as well. I got to tell you, there was a low post split, and they, and they, they did a, a close-up of it too, where uh, it's Curry and Clay screening for each other when the ball's on the low post. And they're so good at it, and they've done it for so long that 
it's like they knew that you didn't know who was going to screen for who until the last second. And also the, the way the defense moved and they were going to switch it, it became a, um, a flare screen for Clay going to the top of the key. Curry back doors and then his quick slip to Looney for a dunk. I mean, it's unstoppable when you have that much experience and that much talent all together with a game plan and a, and a uh, offensive system like that. So, um, you know, there's no shame in what the Blazers are doing. They're really hammering them. And they're actually laying a nice blueprint in those two first halves and on how you want to play the Warriors. But, man, um, it's, a, it's rough to when you see that happen to another team. It's funny. It kind of reminds me of when you run stack when you're younger. And, you know, everyone lines up and then they yeah. split off in different directions and you're supposed to confuse the, the opponent. I feel like Golden State does that all the time where it's like they try to create them. You know, they're the ultimate spacing team ever, right? But, well, maybe not ever. But um, they, they do such an amazing job of collapsing everything and then just springing out of it. And you have no idea where everyone's going and you're scrambling to try to figure out the cross matches. And that's why you kind of have to sometimes just zone off of them. But it's so thrilling to watch. Sure. You know, Wawa Bands wants us to speak on Draymond's greatness. I think we kind of covered that in the, uh, on the YouTube side. Uh, Special Agent Derpy Bruh asks, who is, who is Jared Weiss? I, I, didn't, I didn't do your proper <laughs> in, in, introduction. Who are you, Jared? I'm a man of mystery. You don't know. I'm in, I'm in my giant marble lair right now, as you can see. Yeah. Uh, 75 states free to Boston. It's the quietest place I know. Uh, I am a, the Celtics writer and NBA writer for The Athletic, or one of two Celtics writers for The Athletic. Um, I love long walks on the beach while watching Luka Doncic game film. That's my bio there. And I'm uh, Coach Nick's uh, number one biggest fan. Oh, hey. Well, no, listen. Thank you. <laughs> Harry Mack asks, surprised Portland, or said that, see, he surprised that Portland didn't go big when Steph was resting, but Cook came alive during that stretch, though. However, it, what I thought worked out really well for them was bringing Cantor in that second unit deeper in, in the second quarter, I think, and then like later in the third. He looks great in that role. Not starting, but all of a sudden going up against the second units. He was really effective with Collins playing alongside each other. That was the big lineup, I think, that you were kind of referencing. And uh, there, there's a lot to play with. I just feel like they just can't quite get the pieces together perfectly, and it's going to have to be perfect. That's the problem. Stotts has no room for error, whereas Kerr, he can play. He played a lineup that played literally like 17 minutes the whole all-playoff long. I guarantee you not once in, this, in the series yet. Um, and I, I think I wrote it down here to tell you what the lineup is. Um, yeah, it was Clay, Jarebko, Cook, Livingston, and Bell. You know, so he could, he has such a luxury where he can just play with it. And they were down at the time. He's just throwing stuff out there knowing <laughs> it, it, almost inevitably that they're going to come back in that second half. Yeah, I mean, I think just trying to ease the degree of difficulty for Cantor on defense is probably the best way to go. Although, frankly, Leonard in the second half, I thought his defense was even worse than what Cantor yeah. providing. So there's just uh, – Collins is the only guy that I think is defensively competent for them at the five at this point. Well, and and let, to answer the question somebody else asked earlier – Leonard, right before he got taken out for the second unit in the middle of the third quarter, he couldn't get down court on a defensive transition position in which he was the first man down. And he just, like, he couldn't move at all. He was huffing and puffing. I mean, that was after, like, four straight plays where he was getting the short roll and trying to play make off of it. So right. he just doesn't have the stamina. Maybe it's, it's funny because he's, like, in incredible shape. He's, like, jacked out of his mind. But yeah, right. I guess he just he doesn't play enough to really be in game yeah. shape at this point. But, but yeah, let's not make it – let's make it clear. He was awesome on defense in the first half. He made several plays around the basket that were great and really helped them. And then he was hitting a three. He hit, a, a, you know, a couple shots there. I think he was leading the team in scoring at some point. Uh, we got a friend of the oh. breakdown as a question. J-Shift69 might even be part of the fam my family. Uh, how big of a loss is Nurkic? Um, I think, you know, he would have really, really helped them, certainly as a down-low, low-post low threat, and that would cause some issues for the, the Warriors' defense, wouldn't you say? 
And defensively, too. I think they would have been way better trying to manage the pick and rolls on Steph. They could have done the high drop scheme much more effectively with him. He's got lighter feet. He's a smarter. I mean, we're just seeing just defensive awareness here is almost more important than heavy feet. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of heavy-footed defenders like Marcus Gasol, for instance, as light on his feet as he has been for his size. Like, he at least is smart enough and aware enough that he can make early decisions and reads and get into position. But we're just seeing Cantor and Leonard, once Leonard was tired in the second half, they're just they're so slow to react. It's like I, we see the play unfolding, and we just see them standing there facing the wrong direction. Yeah. That really, I think that really shows how important defensive awareness is for a big you don't have to be super athletic or, you know, you have to, you don't have to be Draymond or super quick. You just got it. Well, Draymond is, you know, Draymond knows the play before the play even happens. And I think that's, that's what Portland needs a little bit of from their bigs defending the pick and rolls. And Nurkic isn't a great defender, but I think he's pretty solid. And obviously he's a beast uh, down low. Absolutely. Great. Well, well wow. They threw, threw a lot of stuff out there for sure. Um, let me look through my notes here. Cause I had a couple of things I took uh, some notes on about the game. I want to make sure I cover, um, you know, they did have a good, they did do a good job of ignoring, um, Iguodala on the perimeter and it was getting and like Harkless was doing that and gumming up the works a little bit on the, on there, on the Warriors offensive side. Um, they tried to, you know, give a lot of room to Draymond, but he seemed to be able to, uh, you know, suck all that room up and then close that gap and then get to the basket or make plays. Um, but that's, again, that's always been the thing. Uh, it's, it's interesting that they really haven't been able to make that a, a thing where ignoring Draymond, ignoring Iggy on offense isn't killing the Warriors. And it doesn't even feel like the Warriors are doing anything specifically to combat combat that. Uh, it just feels like the, the Blazers are on their heels uh, the entire time on, on defense. They don't have the kind of switching defense that the Rockets do, and they don't do it nearly as well. They don't communicate as well. They probably just threw it in there, right? Because I don't think they switched much before you know tonight. Not really. And I think that what, uh, what Golden State does a really good job of, especially with Iggy, is he times his cuts so that if they're ignoring him, he's going to sneak back door and be in that dunker spot or be able to crash the offensive glass. And so they, they do a really good job of that. I think they manage hiding on the weak side better than any team in the league. I mean, they do everything better than every team in the league, and that's, number, that's definitely one of the big ones. Yeah. Well, let's, let me check, uh, quickly check the, um, the box score here because I feel like I want to see um, go through some things and point out what uh, we saw as, wow, everything is slow tonight. Let's go here to this one. All right, <laughs> Saturday so, night. Uh, yeah, I guess people are online. So uh, let's see. So Curry, again, 36 points. Didn't shoot that great. Uh, you know, 11 for 26 from the field, but 6 for 16 from three. Um, and there were some crucial free throws also down the stretch that, we, that uh, uh, both Lillard and McCollum missed. Uh, Lillard was six for eight. He missed two in the fourth, and then McCollum was seven for twelve from the line. Um, it, it, those matter, right? You can't afford to do, you know, give those away at all. And they shot, you know, sixty-one percent from the free throw line as a team, and that's really not going to get it done. I mean, I don't have the box score in front of me, but I'd imagine the missed free throws was almost the difference in the score in this game. Uh, they missed thirteen, and they lost by eleven. So they're not going to make all of them, but yeah, it would certainly have changed the complexion of the game a couple different times if they made them. For sure. Um, and and then you know off the bench, uh, let's see here uh, for the Warriors. You know they didn't get very much production at all. The, the high guy off the bench for them was Looney, who I did thought played pretty well. Uh, and you know he's been this revelation. They don't they won't start him. I guess he should just forget about it, right? He's never going to start. It's crazy. I thought he, I thought for sure he was going to start in this game, and they they started. It's funny. Last game I was like, there's Damian Jones and Damian Lee, but Damian Jones. Isn't there anymore? It's Lee. It turns out they're both there, and I just don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> right. yeah, Damian Jones dusting him off. They had to restretch everything, and you know they had to probably give him a, a, a smelling salt just to wake him back up. I mean, I couldn't believe it. 
Yeah, and, and he, he looked okay. He literally got a three-minute run, and that was it. He didn't go back in. Uh, I don't even think he was that bad. Uh, I, I, it was funny because I didn't think Bell did that much in the first half to merit a, a start, but they clearly were not going to go back to Jones, and you know, they weren't going to start Looney. Uh, you know, Bogey could have been the next guy down there, but you know, he got some minutes too, only like three. So it's just a luxury. They just have a lot of players that can plug in there, and when you got a guy like Steph who can just you know, who spreads the floor that way. I think it's the key with Steph is that he doesn't have to be shooting very well. Right. He just draws everybody up anyway and then it opens it up for everybody. That really is the key. And I think that's why we argue that like he's more important or more valuable or more whatever than, than Durant. Yeah, it's the gravity is so intense. But tonight it seemed like there was a lot of single coverage on him and he didn't bury them too much. I mean, six for sixteen is not good, but it's not terrible. Right. Um, I mean, I feel like if he crosses that five three pointer threshold, regardless of the shooting percentage, that tends to be enough to put them over the top most of the time. Yeah, I mean, and they didn't shoot that well. They shot eight for twenty six. The Warriors did from three at thirty uh, about thirty one percent, and the you know the Blazers scored a little eleven for thirty five. They hit three more. So um, it you know that that doesn't overcome the issues. Now let's look at the rebounding. Uh, the Warriors out rebounded them forty nine to forty one. And offensive rebounding, no, uh, ten to seven. Oh no, I'm sorry. The Blazers out rebounded them on the offensive board, ten seven. So let's see here. What is the key? If uh, I think part of the key here is is the Blazers' offense. They shot forty percent from the field overall, and I think that that they got worn down. They just couldn't get a bucket uh, down the stretch in the in the late third, early fourth. It feels like they barely even scored after the halfway point of the third quarter. I don't know how many points it was, but it must have been pretty bad. I mean. They, they missed so many shots at the rim. Tremont had so many great stops. Bell had an amazing block at the end of the third quarter. Portland, I mean, obviously Dame can't get anything anymore. I mean, Dame hasn't really – he hasn't had too many great games since that first, first round. It's been, it's been kind of weird. You know, the, I think the narrative on Dame was established so high. The bar was set so high early on that, you know, the results have been pretty mediocre since then. And I think it's something they're probably going to have to address at some point after the – Postseason right. is over. Yeah, you know, it's not a fair fight, uh, I don't think, is the problem. You know what I mean? Um, they just don't have enough. And, and when you start Aminu and Harkless, it's like they're just they're, they're ignored. And, you, you know, yeah. uh, if they don't put Hood in there, um, you know, he's got to be someone they, they can't just ignore. And that helps a little bit. And then I think if you put Collins in there, that helps him more. Um, so it's just a, tonight it's they a, posted up Turner, which they did. worked once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just weird, I, you know. I, I guess he's, he's uh, Coach Dots is looking for continuity. He doesn't want to mess up the uh, starting rotation. But you know what? At this point, if they don't change it. Oh, they did change it tonight, right? They play. They started um, Leonard. So mm. they did. They did do something, and it did work from the beginning. But again, the Warriors will just adjust, and uh, and they they take you down. It's, they wear you down. They take you down. And again, the doubling of CJ and the doubling of uh, you know CJ tried to split the uh, double like the like he always does in the pick and roll, and they like knock the ball out toward half court. And he was diving, so all these diving plays and all this having to stop and start and reverse. You know, and he, and he was still meeting two bodies at the rim even when he would split the double anyway. Yeah, I mean they just the war, Draymond just had one of his best games ever of rotating into the paint to protect him. I mean, yeah. Portland, I, I got to hopefully somebody in the comments can get this, but like shots missed at the rim in the second half. I got to see that for Portland. It must have been astronomical. Right. And lovely day. Friend of the breakdown uh, just threw a super chat at us with uh, not Hail. a fair fight. No KD, no Iggy. Well, they had Iggy. He did play. <laughs> Um, but it's still not fair, right? You know, and, and you know, not a fair fight for who the Golden State's kicking their ass. So yeah, it's fair. right. I think it's, I think now it's a fair fight now that they don't have KD and they have Iggy, but Iggy doesn't score. So I guess that's what he means or he just doesn't realize, but I mean, right. yeah, it's, it's a, it is definitely not a fair fight right. for Portland. 
And well, and, and Iguodala only played um, 18 minutes, so he's he's really oh. able to rest. So um, really, really, it's a fascinating stuff what's going on here, and it's clearly you know they're ready to 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 move on. I think the Warriors are already thinking about think so. uh, the Bucks and wondering how that's going to work out. Do we think the Bucks are going to just take this? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, they've just been so freaking dominant. They yeah. haven't had. Yeah, besides game one against Boston, they have absolutely eviscerated every team they've faced so far, every game that they've played the playoffs. As great as the Warriors have been, the Bucks have been on a different level. But right. the co- quality competition up until now hasn't been you know, quite the same, obviously. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about talking about the Bucks because the Bucks fans were, you know, they, they were so mad at me today. They were going through like six year old tweets to find me saying, uh, that Giannis's feet look slow in 2014 in February. <laughs> How dare you? You said that? I did. Well, you know, oh, wow. I think back then he did. He was a little sort of slow, and you never, he, you know, remember with those pictures they showed from his rookie year? He weighed like now? 80 pounds less back then. Yeah, he's not the same player. It's, right. Relax. So, you know, but yeah, like, relax so people. they're looking for any excuse. And, um, you know, and, and I didn't realize, I guess the Bucks fans out there, some of them are really, really sensitive. Well, and, uh, here's I'm your sorry. chance to make Bucks fans happy. Who's the best player in the NBA right now? Oh, um, well, okay. Is Giannis the, mo- the best player because he's doing it on both ends? That's, so that's my thought. Is he the most think, dominant player? Can we, is that what you asked me? Well, best dominant, I guess. Same thing, really. But oh, I feel well. like he is. I feel like he yeah. is right now. Yeah. yeah, he's he's got to be up there. I mean, listen, I, I'm a I'm a snob for shooting, you know, and and whatever. We don't if you don't shoot, whatever. But hey, he's I hitting threes right now. You're he's, right. He's, he's, he's hitting like, what 33 percent. So you know what? Enough, okay. enough. All, he's doing enough. all he needs to do to be the best player in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, my big suggestion in the video was they're gonna have to put Kawhi on him, and yep. and then surge more. You know, balance that out between those two. Uh, those are the only two, and they and they really haven't done it. They put Kawhi a couple times, and you know he got dunked on once or and won once. But then he, you know, he he laid off of him and got a little bit of a rest. And and uh, Giannis shot a three and bricked it. And then um, Ibaka had a couple, I thought, a couple of possessions where he angled them out and he made a miss. Uh, clearly, uh, it's it, otherwise the the alternative is, uh, and I feel bad for uh, Siakam. He's just getting dunked on. He's fouling. He, it's just not his thing. He's not ready, and I don't I don't I wouldn't expect him to be. I got to expose my cold takes here. I think I said uh, during the first round on one of these shows that Siaka was turning into a top five defender in the NBA, and I was way too early on that one. I mean, he was looking amazing. He was he was the best defender on the floor in the first round, but he's it's faded very quickly. He'll get there eventually. He'll be an elite defender at some point. Oh, but I'm sorry, you're talking time. about Siakam? Siakam, yeah. yeah. I mean, Giannis obviously yeah. is already there. Yeah, no, you're right. Siakam has all the tools for sure to do that. And it's just, but he just, you know, need experience. All those guys needed to take their lumps. Like, you know, I can remember Scottie Pippen getting hammered by, uh, you know, Larry Bird and um, Dominique Wilkins and all those guys. And then, you know, within a couple of years, he, be, he was able to stop those. So he just needs some, some seasoning. Um, but meanwhile, they're going to be stuck um, when um, – when Kawhi leaves, and then they're going to really have to rely on Siakam to be that guy. I don't know if he can handle that. Do you? No, he's not. I mean, maybe at some point. He- right. Now, Z- Z- Zap asks, have you ever considered how the Bucks have annihilated basically one-man teams, Detroit and the Celtics and the Raptors? You know, that's interesting, right? I, d- I disagree with, the, with that. The Celtics I, I might not be a one-man team. It's the same thing with the Raptors. I mean, Siakam, he's, he's had his ups and downs, but he's been a pretty great player. He's been an all-star caliber player this year. Uh, um, and, Lowry, and Lowry's been playing a lot better in this series. He's come around. He's okay. not playing at the standard we hold him to, but he's been playing pretty well. So I don't think that's fair. 
Okay. I don't. I don't think the Bucks supporting cast is that much. Like, I. Th- it's funny. I would think. Of, I always think of the Bucks as the one man team. Like the Bucks are the team where it's everything surrounds one guy who everything runs through, and then they have Middleton who can take over when they need him to. And they found that they've really perfected that balance, and their defense is obviously amazing. So, and they're all shooting really well. So that's why they're dominating everybody. But I don't think they're that different than those other those other teams by design. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, now they call me Ray for uh, mentions that Leonard can't guard Giannis because he needs his e- energy for the offense. You know, listen, basketball's hard, man. You got to you do that. Not at this point. You're down uh, yeah. 2-0 in the conference finals. It's, yeah, and it's, I'm not yeah. saying the whole game. I'm just saying, like, balance it out more between him yeah. and, um, and um, Ibaka. And Kawhi uh, can handle that. Kawhi is he's, he's yeah. always been known for being the kind of guy that can handle that. Yeah, and by the way, when it gets to the half court, there are a lot of times when you can kind of, if he's on the perimeter, you give him a six, seven foot cushion, and it's not as hard as you think. Once he gets the ball and he starts coming at you, you got to deal with it. But you might actually have seconds in there during that half court possession where you're not completely, you know, um, you know, hundred percent going the whole time. Uh, I noticed that a couple times in, in the game in game two when they did that. So. Um, and, I, and I still think that the best way to defend Giannis is single coverage up top and then load to touch at the nail. I still, I still like that better than switching on the ball screens or blitzing on the ball screens. Um, blitzing, I think you're going to expose yourself too much against them. Yeah. You can still help and recover if you're trying to load the touch. And the Celtics were doing that really well, and then it, it just got away from them. They weren't executing well defensively. Milwaukee was working their way around it by doing side pick and roll with Giannis. Um, so I think Toronto needs to go through that same cycle of for, you know, stopping him down the middle, forcing him to the sides, and then trying to figure out how to beat him from there. But they got to do something to turn the momentum of the series. For sure. Well, you know what? Let's look beyond that because, you know, it's okay to do that. Uh, NBW Doughboy wants to know who would guard Giannis okay. when the Warriors play them. Um, oh, it, you know, KD, uh, right, if he's healthy? I don't think th- – I don't th- maybe later in the series, but I think KD's not, definitely not going to beat him early on. So, Iggy? Um, I think it's going to be Iggy and Draymond are the main guys yeah. on him. You know, Clay maybe because Clay, I, I'm, I think Clay's an amazing defender. I know there's a lot of debate over it. I think he's an amazing defender, but he's usually amazing because he can handle guys at his size and then smaller, better than anybody at his size. Giannis is definitely different, but I think he's strong enough to be able to handle Giannis. So I, I like that, but also he's such a good matchup on, uh, on Middleton. So maybe it makes the most sense to just go with Iggy and they probably want to start small against that team. Yeah, I, I would start small against that team, but yeah. I mean, Kerr has his reasons for not doing it. So, who knows? It, it's insane that like that Clay isn't getting you know the he should be first second team All NBA without question, um, and he hasn't. And they don't. Uh, they're not going to lock you in there, are you? Are they? Uh, no, I think I'll be good. I used all to right. park in this garage until two in the morning after Salt Lake games all the time, so I'm good. All right. Well, you know, we're going to wrap up here in a minute because it's, it's Saturday night. I want you guys to get out and have some fun. Uh, but Gigolo Pup is with us. And uh, hey, again, I thought we were going to sneak in there and catch him when he was not available on a Saturday night, but he's there. So huge props to him for helping moderate the YouTube chat. Um, and I don't know. I think um, that might be it. I think we're good. I think we, we, rather than get into a whole other discussion on something else, I think we cover the game. We cover what ha- might happen in the, in the finals. And I'm really excited to, uh, you know, are we going to try and chop it up again tomorrow? I, I said yes, but I forgot that the finale of Game of Thrones is tomorrow. So Ooh, I, Okay. We'll I play by ear. Not only do I, am I not sure if I want to, but also I feel like nobody's going to watch because it's the, it's the most important TV show of our lifetime, I guess, that tomorrow night. So I we'll guess see. so. 
All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, anyway, fantastic audience out there on YouTube. The, the biggest ever. And thanks so much, everybody. Big shout out to Lovely Day for the super chat. And um, don't forget, we'll be back here again ASAP after as many games as we can. And if you want to ask questions and interact with us, I'll be here. And then, you know, um, will uh, Game of Thrones sucks? I don't know. I, I tried watching it uh, a little bit. It's interesting. It's, it's been a rough season, but I know I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty excited for it. Well, so. But by the way, people are seem to be really upset about this last season and with um, D.B. Weiss and, and and, and the other guy writing it. Shout out to the Weiss clan. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and, I, I, and I actually know him. He was in my, he went to my, oh, really? his kid and, and my kid were in the same class. I don't think I have any relation to him, but whatever. Oh, um, oh you're right. Yes. I'm sure you are related somehow. So nonetheless, uh, you are part probably. of the clan, right? The Weiss clan <laughs> uh, of, uh, of the wind, winter fells. I don't or the know. Anyway. Ho- or the Hollywood elites, baby. There you go. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much for being here with me, Jared, uh, and interrupting your birthday celebrations. Make sure you wish, uh, squee, whatever, squee, whatever it is. Happy <laughs> yeah, birthday. Good. good enough. Garland Quee. Happy birthday. All right. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Jared? I'm in 75 State Street. Look at that marble. <laughs> <laughs>